This is a Timmet podcast. This podcast is part of the series On the Marge. The title of this episode is Spell of the Yukon. Spell of the Yukon. And how did you end up in Yukon? That question often comes up when groups gather in Whitehorse. Sometimes the asker is a curious visitor. More often, the question comes from someone who has just moved to Yukon and is anxious to validate their own reasons for moving north. In this case, it was Andrea McTaggart from Calgary, Alberta. It was a weekend of the sourdough rendezvous in Whitehorse. We were having our annual rendezvous Sunday brunch with a group of friends. Of course, we always included any guests who happened to be staying at our bed and breakfast that February weekend. That's where Andrea and her husband Eric came in. They were in Whitehorse for a conference and had stayed for the rest of the week to go mushing and see what rendezvous was all about. Chainsaw throwing, spouse carrying, and flower packing were all quite new to them. So how did you end up in Yukon anyway? asked Andrea. The smell of fresh coffee hung in the air as we sat around our large open living room area sipping champagne and orange juice while wondering just how we were going to finish all the food on the table. Well that's an easy one, exclaimed Sandy. I was born here. So were my parents and my grandparents. My family was here long ago before any of you white people showed up. What, 100, 150 years ago? Sandy was quite proud of her First Nations heritage, but she was the only one in the group who had grown up in Yukon. Chuck and I came here right away after we were married, I said. He had a job with the government, and we were going to stay just for a year to see how we liked it. And we're still here ten years later. I came up for the lifestyle. You know, skiing, canoeing, hiking, camping, all that, added Mike. I suppose I could have done all that outside, but never really did. Life there was... So confining, I guess would be the word. Here there's so much to do, lots of place to do it, and plenty of people to do it with. I came up to visit my sister, volunteered Allison. She had a job with Parks Canada. After one summer here, I never considered going back to Toronto. People here are so much different than those in Toronto. I mean, you can talk to strangers and people nod and say hi to you on the street and look you in the eye. It's also natural and not like Toronto at all. It took us a bit longer, said Benoit. I came up here one summer to work and then went back to Montreal because that's where Paulette was. We came up the next summer together and then went back to Montreal in the fall for university. It took us five years of coming and going before we moved up here full time. And the funny thing is that there are many Quebecois here just like us who came up for a bit and couldn't stay away. Indeed, everyone had a similar story. Rick had come up for a two-year contract to get his ticket punched before going back to a more senior position in some federal department in Ottawa. But once the ticket was punched, he couldn't bear to leave Whitehorse and stayed on. The first job Jenny had out of engineering school was here in Yukon, and she had never left. Catherine and Nigel were from New Zealand and had ended up in Beaver Creek teaching school instead of continuing their round-the-world tour. Other than the occasional foray outside, they had never left, and now they had grandchildren here. And so the stories went, all around the room. I think Robert Service got it right in his Spell of the Yukon poem, said Mike. Mike was an outdoors-type guy who loved poetry. 
At one time, I thought he also loved Allison, but more recently, I deduced they were really only just good hiking buddies. The freshness, the freedom, the fireness. Oh, God, how I'm stuck on it all, Mike said, quoting from the poem. That's how I feel every day. The others nodded in agreement. Well, said Andrea, when everyone had had their say, I asked the question for a reason. I have a sort of Yukon story of my own, even though this is the first time I've ever been here. Go ahead, said Sandy. Tell us. The rest of us added our encouragement. All right, started Andrea. I work in an office tower in Calgary. One of my co-workers is a woman with the unique name of April Breeze. Allison groaned. Oh, I thought this was going to be a real story, she said. Nobody could really be named that. No, no, it's true, protested Andrea. Her name really is April Breeze. Well, observed Mike dryly, I guess she doesn't often get mistaken for anyone else. I don't suppose there are many April Breezes around. Everyone agreed. But go on with the story. Go ahead, encouraged Sandy. Okay, well, it's not much of a story, continued Andrea. But I thought it was kind of interesting anyway. April Breeze is quite an attractive woman, kind that drives men wild. There were chuckles around the circle, and a male whistle sounded from the corner. Andrea went on. Yes, I can say that, because I'm a woman, she declared. I'm jealous, and I'd love to have a body like April Breeze's. She's well-educated and very intelligent, and a witty person, really fun to be around. In addition to all her other qualities, April Breeze is also a charming hostess and an excellent cook. I know, because I've been to her place several times after tennis, and Eric and I went there for a dinner party once. It's the strangest thing, though. Whenever she sets the table, she sets a place for her fiancé, saying that he'll be back any time. She talks about him as if he just stepped out on some errand. According to her, he's the ideal male, the perfect complement to her personality. I don't know what happened, but one day he just walked out. She really believes he's coming back but she hasn't had any word from him for four years. Well, that all sounds like Miss Habersham out of Great Expectations, sort of frozen in the past. But I thought this was a Yukon story, said Allison. What's the Yukon connection? I'm just getting to that, said Andrea. You see, April Breeze's fiancé was seduced away. He fell prey to the spell of the Yukon and moved up here somewhere. When I came up here with Eric this week, I wanted to find out what it is about this place that could entice a man away from a woman as perfect and wonderful as April Breeze. Well, that triggered a lively discussion. Some believed that the charms of the Yukon were sufficient to trump those of any woman, even one of April Breeze's apparent caliber. Others disagreed, saying that while the Yukon mountains and rivers, the gloriously long days of summer, and the northern lights were wonderful, they were just not worthwhile unless one had a soulmate with whom to share them. Eventually, the conversation drew to a close, without any definite conclusion. The coffee was almost gone, and it was time for our walk in the woods. We always hiked down around the college and up to Stinky Lake after our sourdough brunch. People got up and started to find their boots and parkas. Are you coming with us? I asked Mike, who seemed to be hovering indecisively. He hummed and hawed and shuffled his feet. And then with sudden resolve, his head snapped up and he looked me straight in the eye. No, he said. I've got arrangements to make. I'm leaving Whitehorse, at least for a while. I'm going back to Calgary. April Breeze. She has supper waiting for me.
This has been a Timmet podcast in a series called On the Marge. Instrumental intro and exit are courtesy of Kate Weeks. If you would like more of these podcasts, check out the podcast website at timmet.ca slash podcasts. That's T-I-M-M-I-T dot C-A slash podcasts.